Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just the Zip. Today we have an oldie, but one of my favorite podcasts to date. Um, this episode was actually recorded last year, but I wanted to share it with you guys again because I feel like it's such an important conversation to have right now because of what's going on in the Wade family with their daughter, Zaya, what happened on the Wendy Williams show the other day with her comments about men wearing skirts and heels. And for the longest time, I had to educate myself even being part of the letter people. You know, I'm a gay. I'm part of the G's and the G's. And one of my best friends is also gay, but he's gender nonconforming and he doesn't give a about what people say about him. And this conversation today is about how that person overcame a lot and how he became himself and how he changed a whole generation in the wake of his strut. And please welcome one of my closest friends and in my mind, the person who changed the world four years ago, E.J. Johnson. If you can't handle what's about to go down, please change the channel. Please. Because we actually kiki like this all the time. All the time. There's always a rosé. There's always a room full of men. But there's never cameras. No, there's never cameras. But also, there's not always a room full of men. Sometimes it's just the two of us talking about men. Yes. Yes. But we normally sit at your conies on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, that's true. From four to like nine. (laughs) (laughs) And get our lives. Can we go back to the day we met? Okay. I was actually just talking to one of your producers about that. Do you remember? I remember. I remember um, they were shooting the pilot for Rich Kids, and uh, you were the only other black person there. Yes. And so I said, let me go sit with this queen and get to know him a little bit better. And we we kikied, and um, we talked about this, like, you know, the process of the show, and then you came to New York. Yes. And then we hung out at Barney's. Uh-huh. And, um... You uh, helped me get a guy's number, which was everything. And <laughs> I still way, talk to that man. That's a real friend. I Yeah, really. I still talk to that man from time to time. I haven't seen him in like two years or a year and a half, but I still talk to him. And this was almost six years ago. Yeah, it's got to be. Isn't that crazy? Maybe more. You were so shy when I first met you. I think, yeah, I was like definitely shy when it came to like men. I didn't really know how to like approach guys, like what the protocol was. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like there's no protocol for you at all in life. I feel like you break every protocol that's handed to you. That's true. But I still feel like there's like, I don't know. I guess there's a little bit of uniformity maybe with that. But like definitely I had to figure out how to do it myself. What works for me. The craziest part about guys that I've noticed with you is they're never gay. And I don't still understand it after, like, running with you hardcore for six years. No, I still don't understand it. My therapist doesn't understand it either. Everyone thinks it's a joke. Everyone thinks it's a joke. Until they see me. Until they see me in action. But how do you know? It's, I don't know. For me, it's just, like, it's a goes off, it definitely goes off a vibe. And just, like, the way that, like, I can always, I I always can tell how men look at me. Mm-hmm. And like how how it feels, and like then I know like okay maybe I can pursue this or like no maybe it's not worth it. Has but your trader ever been off? Has my trader ever been off? Um, not with the ones that I've really actually pursued. Like I usually always get what I want. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the ones who are like when I point and I'm like I'm going to get that man, and everyone's like 
you're crazy, bitch. Like, that man, <laughs> like, Mr. Muscles over there, I was like, I'm going to get him. And it may not be tonight, it may not be the next night, but definitely, I'll get him. And I always gag him. I always do. And by the way, I've been that bitch that's like, no, girl, please. And I know you have. Up. And you, all of, all of my friends have. All of my friends have been there. When I'd be like, child, please. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the thing I love about you so much is that you've kind of sort of made a name for yourself. And you kind of broke out from reality TV. But you're ready to take it to the next level. Yes. What do you want to do next? Um, acting is next for me. Um, I'm very excited. I've been doing hosting too, which has also been great, which is I also like want to continue to do, but I really want to do scripted. Um, it's just something that I kept thinking about and thinking about. And that's really honestly how ma- uh, reality manifested for me. I was, I would sit and I would watch whether the housewives that are Kardashians. And I just kept thinking, I can do that. I can do that. And then, you know, I put my mind to it and then opportunity presented itself and I took it. And then after that, um, more recently, I've just been watching movies and television shows. And I'm just like, I need to do this. I need to be a part of something like this. I need to be part of something bigger than myself and tell other people's stories. Because I've told my story and that's been great. But I want to tell other people's stories. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I need to get serious about this. And so I, you know, started taking classes and I, um, you know, just told you know, my manager and I ate my agent that like, this is something that I really wanted to do. And I've been getting a lot of really cool auditions and just doing the work has been really, really wonderful for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, to work at something, honestly, is just, it's been great. I mean, like, it's one thing to look cute and run around and, you know, <laughs> get into fights with other girls and, you know, be beat and be fabulous. And I'm very good at that, as we all know. But I, this is something that also challenges me. And I, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I'd like a little bit of a challenge. So I'm, I'm excited to take this on. If you could work with three producers, directors, actors, <laughs> whose three names are you putting out there first? Um, God. Well, I love Ryan Murphy. I love everything he does. So I'm a huge, huge, huge Ryan Murphy fan ever since um, American Horror Story. That's been great. Um, Lee Daniels is is a, is a, a very a friend of mine. Um, we kiki sometimes. Um, I'd love to work with him. I think he's amazing. And also, we just have a genuine like kind of like repertoire and kind of like a friendship going on that that I love. So I would love to do that. Um, who else? I um, also recently met Lena Waithe, and she's also amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I would love to work with her, too, somewhere down the line. She's so sweet and so funny. Um, when we were at the Golden Globes party. Yeah, living our best <laughs> lives. Like living our best lives and networking <laughs> of a storm um, in gowns and overused silks. We were silks. a wreck. No, we were everything. We I kept it together. I was hurting the next morning. Okay, but well, I didn't have to wake up in the morning. But I will tell you that it wasn't sloppy, it wasn't messy. We were we were on point, and I was very proud of us. We were no, no. We, I think we, at the we, last one when we went was that Sasha was Baron Cohen's. No, 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 no. When we when we went when I like went without a beat after Chaconi, that was Emmy Emmys. Emmys. We were good. I love when you come for people. That's what I used to do on television. Yes. But in real life, I feel like you come for people in the most eloquent way. And it's normally <laughs> dudes or girls who give you that side eye. It's, um, it's, um, it's been a lot of things over the years. I'll tell you that. Um, I've tried now, you know, getting older, I have decided that I'm only coming for people who actually absolutely deserve it. I don't need to flex yeah. You know, as much when I was, you know, younger, when I was like 20, 20, like 24 and I was weighing five pounds, like I wanted to come for everything and everybody, but I don't have to do that. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I will say like when I was younger, um, when I was like in high school and whatever, we kind of, me and my friends kind of were just like developed this kind of eloquence to a come for. So we use big words, you know, like add in some, some. Um, SAT words, because, like, that's back when we were taking the SAT. So we were, like, throwing SAT words and, like, throw people off. You know, like, and it, it was great. It was everything. Because, you know, most people just want to just cuss and, like, get loud and whatever. But, you know, when you have an eloquence or, like, a like a like an elegance about your come for, then it's, it's more shady. It's more yeah. shady. Yeah. The first come for I've ever witnessed, we were at Bootsy Bellows one night. And I'll never forget this. There was, like, this big dude. 
And he made like, I don't even know what he said. He was like 6'6". He was huge, this thug-ass dude. And it's on Sunset. Bootsy Bellows is on Sunset. And I remember I waiting so for like this, the cab to come. And you had this like Balenciaga skirt on. And I'll never forget, the guy said something. And I saw your head whip back. And you were like, sir, sir. And then you clacked halfway down <laughs> Sunset and followed his ass to like get in his face to let him know that what he said was closed-minded and ignorant. At that moment, I was scared that he was going to hit you. Have you ever been in a position where you thought somebody was going to turn around and hit you? No. Um, luckily, no. But I will say that I was into doing that back then because that's when I got a lot of those comments like on my Instagram. And so my thing is just like, and that is just, that's what it resonated with so true when people say like, you know, you're big online, but not in person. And I had that other that situation, and same thing happened to me in New York, too. And I literally walked down the street with this man. I left the club. I wasn't even ready to leave yet. Some man made some comment as he was leaving, and I followed him down the street. And I was like, if you have something to say, you can say it to my yes. face. I'm yes. right here. I'm right here. He completely ignored me, kept walking, kept walking. And then I was just like, I was just like, and then finally I was just like, you know what, whatever. But it just was registered to me, like, people are... People are not that bold in real life. And I'm just like, if you have something to say, you can say it to my face. Yeah. If you ever get the opportunity to say, you know, have something, some read, you can come up to me and read me if you want to. But like, you know, get off my Instagram. Just yeah. be, be, be real about it. Do the comments ever bother you? No, they don't. Did they ever? Um, there was a time, I guess, in the beginning, like when I first like was on Instagram and like I used to like get scrappy and try to come for people in the comments. But like, I, um... You know, I just had to grow out of that. And like, it was just like a little bit. And then I was just like, okay, this is probably something I don't need to be doing. Yeah. Because like, I'm above it. And also like, why am I wasting my energy like on these people who are just like losers? Yeah. Living in their mother's basements. What's been the best part of your, I want to call it a transition, but your evolution. You lost all this weight, but now you've turned into this glamazon. What part of it has been the best for you that feels the best? Um, I feel now. I feel like now is the best time of my evolution. I feel like, well, I'm also, I also will also say I'm, I constantly evolve. Like I'm always constantly doing something else. You know, like I'm always constantly getting into something new. I just feel like, you know, even when we were doing the last season of Rich Kids, I wasn't really wearing as much you know, skirts or dresses, whatever. And then after that, it was like, that was my next move. And then like, you know, it just it always snowballs with whatever it is. But I feel very, um, on my grown woman in 2019, um, I handled myself a lot differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized that like my energy shouldn't be wasted, you know, on, on other people and other things that don't serve me. And, you know, I reserve that for myself. I've done a lot of self-work. I continue to do a lot of self-work. Um, and I'm happiest with, with, with this new person that I've kind of become over the past, like, year or so. I've done a lot of growing, I, I think. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy about that. I mean, like, I love all those, you know, the crazy rich that I used to be. Oh, I miss I, her. I miss okay, her. Okay, yeah, but I'm just saying everyone has grown up now. Oh, I mean, I like, her. you're grown up. You're not yeah, out with me anymore. But Jan and Jill still come out. They but, do, but I'm just saying, but I like when they come out. Like, they don't, I don't need to be out, like, all the time anymore. They don't and, live like, here. that's why I'm happy. I mean, that's why, I like, I, I'm happy with the person I've become because I'm like, I don't need to be in these streets four <laughs> or five days a week. There was a point in our lives where I was fun employed. And I was fun employed. And you were fun employed. And we were going out. Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Wednesday was, our night. Wednesday was, our was night. the kicker. At Doheny Room. At Doheny Room and Warwick. And Warwick. Mm -hmm. Thursday, we were having cocktails somewhere. Yes. Friday, we were going to Bootsy. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday, we were going out again. Yeah. To One Oak. Wherever. There was a six month period <laughs> where we were doing that. That was a lot longer for me, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, exactly. No, no. I. I I completely agree. I completely agree. Who's Jill Abbott? Jill Abbott is, well, one of my many alter egos. I have a lot of alter egos. But um, she is the crazy turn-up queen that lives inside of me. And she... Um, She's the she, nicest bitch I've ever met. 
But also the evil bitch oh, you'll ever she, meet. Oh, no, no, no. From but two to four, she's the nicest bitch you ever met. No, I mean, it really doesn't matter. But, like, I'm saying she's the one who, you know, it's a head turn for her. <laughs> like, she can, she's like Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde. Like, you know, you get one bitch and you're having a great time. And then all of a sudden someone will say something and then it's like, it's over. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Tiffany Haddish recently talked about having hanger honors and people in her life that don't need to be there anymore. And she's like kind of just figuring this out. You were born into wealth and your family's wealth was very public as well as your own success. How did you weed people out of your life and how did you not get, get taken advantage of or have you? I have been taken advantage of many times (laughs) and like not in the cute way. Um, What's the worst? um, The worst. Oh God. What's the one that's the most memorable? I mean, it's well. First, you have to. You have. I have to separate them into like different categories. First, you have the ones who take advantage of me, you know, who want to just like you know turn up and be cute and be friends. And then you have the the men who want to take advantage of me, and they think that they can you know use their sexual or like their like masculine wiles to blind me yeah. from you know. Knowing what the what the tea is. Yeah, exactly. And bringing them into spotlight and giving them gifts. And you know what I'm saying. So it's like there's two separate categories. Um, but there's always just, you know, a, a tell. It's, you know, like, it's, for me, it's like, it's always like you have to just take something. Moment. I had one um, person who I didn't really consider a friend, but something I would go out with frequently and, like, we were cool and whatever. And um, I had had people back in my apartment that night after going out. And I woke up the next morning. Oh, I actually had to film for Rich Kids. Um, and I noticed that my favorite pair of sunglasses were missing. And I was like, oh, my God. So I texted him. I was like, oh, my God, I think one of the guys that we had over last night stole my sunglasses. And he was like, girl, you're probably right. They did. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that sucks. But I mean, like, you know, whatever. I'll go to Fendi and buy a new pair. And um, I cut to, like, a week or two later, like, um, my friend Mikey, my friend Mikey sent me a photo of the boy wearing my sunglasses, the one I was yeah. supposedly friends with, and was like, girl, aren't these your sunglasses? Damn. And I was like, so I had to confront him and I, and had, you know, he lied and denied and then it was like, you know, somebody else bought them for him and then it was, oh no, somebody, some boy took them from your apartment and gave them to me. And I was like, listen, the point is you took the sunglasses, so... What's up? What's up? And then honestly, I was just like, this is a sign that I don't need to be hanging around this person anymore. And this is also a sign to me that like, I need to be careful about who I let into my life. And that, you know, people that you meet at like four or five o'clock in the morning are probably not going to be your best friends and probably shouldn't be trusted that much. Yeah. So, you know, it it always tell, takes like one or two something to spark and be like, um, okay, like, you know, this is not, this is not what it needs to be. That's crazy. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I wish I can call his name out on this. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play a little, actually I have a little lightning round for us. Okay. In this bowl is a bunch of questions that I always get about you. <laughs> Literally. What? And I'm like, you have to ask him about this. Every like every now and then I'll go home to Louisiana or I'll be somewhere and people will ask me these like very personal questions about you. So we're gonna pick oh a few God. from here. I'm very nervous. And they're very hilarious too. But people <laughs> wanna know. People wanna know. Oh my God. Between the two of you, who falls harder for a romantic interest? Now, you know the answer to this question. It's you. It's you. No, bitch, it's you. Oh, wow. I have to go. I'm so sorry, everyone. Like, you really It is you. Girl, I don't have a heart. What are you talking about? You know that. I had that removed a long time ago. Bitch, please. Okay, okay. The next question is, oh, I remember when I got this one. You two are such unlikely friends. How have you two, <laughs> coming from different backgrounds, created this friendship? First of all, why are we unlikely friends? I don't really like that f- phrasing. Because you're Mrs. Daisy and I'm Huck. What? <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. D- Mrs. Daisy and, Ms. and Huck were friends. Not at first. Well, that's but, true. And but we were unlikely. not friends at first. We were not friends. I knew the like, minute I Like, me and I Kyle weren't friends at friends. Like, I hated him. Like, that was different. And now you guys love each other. Right. And you're inseparable. But it's weird because I'm five years older than you. 
Yeah. I can admit that now. Took me a long time. Wait, don't you do this math to make sure you're Shut not up, lying. bitch. I am five <laughs> years older than you. <laughs> and I came from a, you know, I was broke and my parents made a combined $30,000 a year coming from Louisiana. I lived in a 900 square foot house. And I think from the outside, people just assumed that, you know, how could you two be friends? Well, first of all, let me say that I've had friends over the years from all different kinds of socioeconomic statuses. And I've always had that. And I think that there's a, lo- a lot of common misconception, I think, especially because also after the show, they like people just assumed that all my friends were like super duper wealthy and like we all just like live these fabulous, thank you, lives together. And to be quite honest, like that was the first time like when I started hanging out with like, you know, with a group of kids who were like uber duper wealthy too. Yeah. Like obviously I had, you know, new people growing up and I had friends, but like when it was just like a clique of only people with like a lot of money, like that was like the one of the first times that happened. So I will say that, like, that was more nuanced to me than, like, being friends with someone just because we are hitting it off and not because you live down the street in Beverly Park or, like, you know, you can also go to San Tropez every summer. Yeah. Like, that was different to me. So, uh, you know, to, in, in terms of that question, just, like, I hit it off with who I, I hit it off with. Like, I met you at that party and we hit it off and, like, you know, we text and whatever – and then, you know, we hung out and we became friends. And, like, that's just how, you know, normally I would make friends. It's yeah. not just like, oh, well, do you have a black card? Oh, well, I also have a black card. Well, let's be friends. Like, <laughs> the world doesn't work like that. Some of the funnest nights that we've had together have been the cheapest. Sitting at your house with two bottles of rosé and a bottle of 1942 and kicking it. Right. But that now, you, now you're also making it sound expensive because of 1942. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite ever night with you was we were working in New York on EJNYC and my job was to I literally sorry keep going but I literally just said this to your producer when we were coming up here was to wake his ass up in the morning and get him to set and he made a bet with me that if he got to set it was a friend of ours Drew's birthday that night and he said if I come to set tonight today on time you're gonna come with us all night and you cannot leave and I said, I got you. We good. We cool. Bitch, we went out to, we went to Vandal. Went to Vandal. Lived our best life. Yes. Ran into trade. Your trade. And For once, your trade. Violently my trade. And then I wish up- you could roll back that clip just so we can show them what <laughs> <laughs> And then ended up at One Oak till four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then had to work at 10 a.m. the next morning. Right. New York was a good time for us. New York, that was New I mean, that was our time in New York. It's just like night, all nights out and then having to work like all day the next day with one eye open. Could you do it still today if you had No. You couldn't. No, no, no. And I, I'll tell, I'll be open and honest with that. My body literally from 24 or was it 23? No, I think, yeah, 23, 24 to 26 She's not the same. Like, I need, like, sleep. And honestly, now, like, if I, I don't schedule beats just to go out anymore. Like, if I need to go to somewhere and, like, I have to do something, yeah, okay, I'll go out that night. But, like, the whole dynamic has changed. And also, like, I can't do a whole night and then also be, like, half fresh the next day. Welcome to get no, bitch. No, I know. It's very, it's very disappointing. (laughs) Like, I miss those days, but like I honestly, if I think if I really tried, I probably would end up like dying. Oh, you probably would. Uh, oh, this one's a good one. Does EJ hate when people refer to him as Magic Johnson's son and not by EJ? Um, I don't like when people shout Magic Johnson at me while I walk by. That really pisses me off, and I and I do not respond. So if you see me and you don't know my name, you can either quickly Google it or just say, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. Like, I'm a fan of your father's, like, or you or, like, whatever, and just keep it pushing. I don't like when people just shout Magic Johnson out out at me as if that's a reason for me to, like, stop and say, hey. And it's weird because when they do it, it's so aggressive. And it's so aggressive and it's so in your face. And then it's just kind of like... Why? I mean, what am I really supposed to say to that? Because I'm like, you're not really 
saying hi or like nice to meet you. You're just shouting out my dad's name in my face. Like, yeah, you know, like that's not how you how you how you greet somebody. So it's like weird, you know, and like I've had. I don't really mind when you, you know, people call me Magic Johnson. Like, if you come up to me and say, aren't you yeah. Magic Johnson? I'm like, yes, but I'll always say, yes, I'm EJ Johnson. Yes. Like, will be my reply. And that's fine if you ask a question. But just don't shout the name at me like I'm supposed to be like, oh, hey. <laughs> because that's not my name. I mean, like, that's just a fact. It's just like, it's not my name. It's yeah. his name. And he's worked very hard for that name and done all this amazing stuff to give it clout and give it, you know, all of this you know, and get all that love and, and, and respect that like, you know, that he's gotten over the years from like the entire world and that should be his name. So I don't have to respond to it because it's his. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Speaking of your dad, when did you realize at what age that, oh, is different? Like, this guy is something bigger than just a dad. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I haven't really thought about that. Um, yeah, I think it probably was more like when I got into middle school, I think. Like, when I was in elementary school, like, I went to elementary school with a bunch of other bougie kids, so, like, it didn't really matter, you know, like. Somebody was somebody. Yeah, somebody was somebody. It was, you know, like, um, yeah, somebody, I, I mean, there was a lot of somebodies. And if you weren't somebody, then you had enough money to be there, regardless, so. Um, you know, and like everyone would come to school and we'd be like, oh, well, well, what movie, you know, movie premieres. Like when I was like, you know, when I was a kid, like that was like the thing. So like, what movie premiere are you going to? Are you in Spider-Man? Like, oh yes, I'm going to Harry Potter. Are you going to Harry Potter? Oh, you didn't get to go to Harry Potter? Well, I'm going to Harry Potter. Like, you know, that was like, that was normal, like kid talk for us. Back Meanwhile, then. when I was a kid, it was like, are your lights on? Are your gas working? <laughs> oh my God, shut <laughs> Did up. your parents pay light bills? That, that, was a, that was a thing for us, like movie premieres and like. You know, when they would have, like, all those, like, big like, kid experiences. And, like, back in... Yeah. Those were, like, back in the day when, like... I remember... Do you remember that movie Snow Day? Yes. Um, they um, covered the entire Paramount lot with snow. And, like, had, like, snowmen and snow cones and food and, like, all this stuff. And they said the, the, uh, the same thing for, like, when a Star Wars premiere. They had, like, a whole carnival, like, in the middle of Hollywood. Like, I mean, like, that was back in the day when, like premieres were huge so that was like a big deal for kids but anyway um no it wasn't until i went to middle school where like you know there was a kind of a more diverse kind of dynamic wasn't so hollywood but just you know mostly just like you know kids from from all over and you know i just had like all these boys just coming up to me and like talking to me and like wanting to be my friend and like talking about my dad and i'm just like i i I don't really know what happened in that game in like 1980 whatever and who did this and Larry Bird and whatever. I'm like, I, he's just dad. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. just like, that was kind of like the first kind of, you know, when people used to just like, kids used to just like freak out. And I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, and then one time, Elisa and I went to the movies with him, like back when he had his theater. And um, it was literally just the three of us. And um, we walked in there on our way to concession and some ladies screamed and fainted. And you were like, and this we- is like, not right. It, is she, is she going to be okay? Like, should we call an ambulance or something? And then, he, you know, my dad was just like, make sure that woman's all right. And then, like, <laughs> and like, she like got her got herself together enough to give him a hug, but was just like sobbing. And we just like did not get it. We were like, what is wrong with this woman? Like, I think she might be insane. <laughs> and like, I think she needs help. Like, I'll never forget that. Me and Elisa were just like, yeah. Do we do we pray for her? Like, what's 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 next? But. And over time, I just, like, I got it. Do you ever feel the pressure to fill those shoes? Or do you feel like you're walking in a whole different... Girl, I, I'm walking in so many different type of shoes away from that man's shoes. It's ridiculous. Like, yes. I wear heels. So, like, it's completely different. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm, I always will say that I'm... I mean, like, I think the most part of his... The aspect of his life that I admire the most is mostly his business mind and how smart he was. And I always, you know, love... As I'm rebranding myself right now, like, I love to talk to him about how he rebranded himself and, like, kind of how he worked so hard to be taken seriously as as a businessman and how, 
you know, nobody wanted to meet with him or like everyone wanted to meet with him just because he was Magic Johnson. Like when he wanted to talk about business, it's just like no one wanted to give him a chance because he was, they just saw him as a dumb jock. Yeah. And, you know, he just like really, really kept trying until finally somebody gave him a break and then he just took, took it to a whole nother level. I think that we both have that kind of like, I'm going to keep doing it until I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Kind of worth ethic. So. God, I love that. Yeah. He's everything. Ooh, this is a good one. What kinds of guys does EJ like? Do you want to answer that or should I answer that? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because they go in phases. They do go in phases. There was a long Middle Eastern phase. Yes. Then there was like the tatted mixed guy phase. And then I feel like in the last six months, you've been looking for someone with more substance. And it's not about... The looks, it's about the fact that you're ready to find somebody and you're ready for your first relationship. And that to me, that to me is interesting because I've known this bitch for six years and I'm telling you, six months ago, I almost choked on my wine (laughs) because she was like, oh, I'm ready for a relationship. And I'm like, with what? (laughs) Shut up. Leave me alone. I've had a wonderful relationship with Bergdorf over the years. Excuse me. I would marry Bergdorf Goodman if I could. Um, But no, I mean, like I, you know, it, uh, yeah, exactly. A lot has changed. First of all, I realized that my man is not going to meet him, like, literally, like, at a club or anything, like, obviously. And, like, that's where I used to troll, like, for men. And also, I had to go, you know, we all had to go through a hoe phase. And I I think I'm successfully out of mine. <laughs> I am. I'm out of it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I had a very good, and I keep telling people this, I had a really good run. And I have a lot of great memories and terrible ones, but mostly great ones. So your whole phase was successful? Very successful. Very successful. What's the one thing you would take back from your whole phase? I think you know the story, but I don't really feel like telling it right now. (laughs) Hey, and it's so funny because for the longest time, I felt like when it came to guys... You weren't weren't very vulnerable. You just yeah, you knew what you wanted, and it wasn't a relationship. No, it wasn't. Now. It wasn't about that at all. It was about you know, I getting into a new body. Like you just wanted, you know, it's just like a getting a new car. Like you just want to take it to the highway and just take it to the highest speeds and see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and this sounds really terrible, I know, but like it's not that bad. But I just wanted to feel sexy and to get male attention and to just you know, get guys and, and kind of just, and, and do that whole experience because I, I didn't, didn't really have that before. And so when, you know, I started to get it, I just, you know, took it and ran with it, but it was, I needed it to come to this point where I'm like, that was great and cool, but like, it's time, it's time. It's just time for something real. Cause like, I never really had like a serious, serious like relationship before. What was that feeling like the first time you got that male attention and you knew it was? I don't even remember when it was, but it's just like, you know, it's just like when men look at you a different way or like, you know, talk to you and then like, you can just be like, okay, like, I think like, you know, he's down and, or like, you know, what, what, what's, what is this like? What's going on? Yeah. And you know, you wake up the next morning after being at a party and like, you know, he's texting you and then you're just like, oh, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like. You weighed how much at the beginning of your journey? Oh, God. Mm, maybe a little, like around four. Around four. At my smallest, I was 190. Do you remember the first time you felt sexy? Oh, God, I don't. I don't remember, like, the exact time, but, like, I mean, when you know I lived my life in a, a booty short, but... And- And I I thought I was the hottest thing off the block. And, oh, you know what? No, no, no. I know exactly when. I'm going to tell you right now. I think I'm I'm sure I've told you the story. But anyway, well, yeah. So I, um, so season four, our last season of Rich Kids, when I went to the Bahamas for Christmas and New Year's, like I always do, um, at the time, they, um, in the Bahamas, they had, um, a football championship for like for college yeah i I don't know how like what it was called or whatever like i know the ncaa is for basketball but i don't know what the the football one is called but anyway they had a game and in the bahamas why i don't know but it was against like some carolina school and some other school anyway the point is um 
my sister and my friend Mikey went down first, and they were like, "Oh, girl, all the football these football players are here, so like you get need to get down." Oh, here. it was a nine one one. Yeah, but I had to stay behind because I had to do that CR photo shoot. So I came like a day, like a day or a day day or two later. So I remember I we someone had, literally rang your whole phone and was like, yes. "Get your ass down here." I mean, that's what you have friends and, and sisters for. So I. I was like, okay, I have to get down here. So I got there, and then that night we went to dinner, whatever. And then we went home, and we, you know, did our change for the club, for the club. Um, so I was wearing some meshy something and some booty shorts, something else. And I went to the bathroom, and I came back, and on my way back to like the little bar area, this tall, like statuesque, like quarterback yes. man stopped me and was like hey and i was like hey <laughs> and he's like what are you up to and i was like oh i was just on my way back to my table for a drink like would you care to join and he was like sure so we go to the table and we're drinking and i'm like i'm t- you know looking at mikey i was like like <laughs> Like, literally everything I ever prayed for. I mean, like, a football player? Like, a what? Tall, beefy, corn fed? And he wasn't huge, because he was, like, more, like, lean. But, like, very, I mean, like, 6'5". Like, he was taller than me. Wow. You know? And he was taller than me, and just, like, gorgeous. And just, like, abs and, like, pecs and, like, arms for days. And long story short, like, I brought him back to the room, and I handled my business. And Hello! And to myself, I woke up the next morning, and I was like, yes, bitch! <laughs> I think I got the phone call the next yeah, morning. I'm sure you did. And that was the first time you felt sexy in your own skin. That's when I knew that I, I had it. And that was the first time I felt sexy I, I, in my own skin, and that was the first time, like, I exceeded my expectations with men. I was like... I would have, if I would have told, like, myself, like, four or three, you know, in high school, whatever, like, this is the man, like, one day you'll end up, like, hooking up with, I don't think I would have believed myself. So, like, that was the point when I was just, like, girl, and then I woke up the next morning, like, giggling, like a little school girl. <laughs> like, I, you know, thought I had hit the jackpot. <laughs> I just love that it was, like, Kim Possible. It's like, do 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 yeah, get your li- ass over here. No, literally, they were like, you're going to gag because, like, all of these boys are down here. Damn. And then to think that, like, I would... Because, you know, when they say that, you're like, oh, there's eye candy. But, like, I never really thought I was going to hook up with one of them. But yeah. I did. Oh, my God. Is EJ always as confident as he appears to be? Am I supposed to answer that? Yeah. We're I mean, this conversation. I, I'm a human person. So I have, like, you know... I have the days where I don't feel, you know... I have, in, you know, insecurities where I'm, like, you know, critical or... Don't feel as like you know bomb as I could be, but um, I have a very strong sense of self, and um, I, you know, take a lot of pride in that. And um, you know, I see other people and like even people close to me who don't really have like as much confidence confidence in themselves as I do. And so, I really am, you know, grateful and blessed that like I have as much confidence as I do. But sometimes I. You're normal. I'm normal. I don't feel, you know, hot or I don't feel this or I don't feel that or, you know, I don't really, you know, feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in I'm my best today. Yeah. So like, you know. Yeah. But then she calls Sharon and Sharon gives her that beat. There's something <laughs> about when you get a smoky, smudgy eye that turns you into a different bitch. It's true. But I mean, like, I feel any good beat should transform you. You should get into a character or get into like some other sense of self, like with a beat. Is that what makeup does for you? I think makeup and fashion. And that's why I love them both. I mean, I love them both so much, but like my love of fashion really came from that. Like I, you know, it's, I don't, it's not just like, oh, I'm going outside to look cute. Like I literally will put on an outfit just to sit in the house and do nothing. Like I have to plan out what I wear to sit in bed or what I wear to sit on the couch and watch TV. Like I, I, it's just so ingrained in me. Like I'll be like in the shower I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go watch Netflix, but, like, what am I putting on? Like, um... That gray Chanel Terry suit with the headband. No, it's more of just, like, oh, like, I'll just tie this T-shirt out with this, like, Rick Owens skirt and, like, sit there and watch TV. Or, like, I'll put on this sweatpants, but this sweatpants with, like, that shirt because, like, that's cute. Or, like, this... You know, like, I I have to... I plan... I plan... I plan everything, and I have to... It, you know, that's just how in, ingrained in me that it is. This whole time, I thought you were getting cute for me, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, it's it's just me. It's just it's just me. It's just how I work. 
Uh, oh, this one I get so much, and I'm so happy you're here to finally set the record straight. Oh, God. Does EJ ever want to transition? Does he ever think about it? Okay, Was I, it a possibility? I've answered that question multiple times. And my answer is always, he likes his dick. I like myself the way that I am. I'm very happy with with myself. And I think, I always say that I think that if you feel like, you know, you're not in the right body, then by all means, you know, yeah. get to where you want to be. I don't feel that I'm in the wrong body. I feel like this is the body I'm supposed to be in and I can dress it up, you know, mild dress to wild, it dress it down, wear nothing at all. I can be butch. I can be femme. I can do whatever I want with it and, 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 you know, and work with it. And so I don't, feel the need to transition i'm almost 100 positive i won't um but i just i you know i'm just very comfortable in my own skin i just i like my body and um you know even the way that it's filled out you, people ask me all the time like if i'm like in the process of it because like i have like hips and i have like a butt now and um, you got the body you want it i got the body i want it but like once i kind of like you know got out of being anorexic because you know that's just what happens over over the time after you get you know the weight loss surgery like you know you go really 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 skinny and then you kind of like plateau as they call it and not from trying to get really 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 skinny no it's just that's just what happened but it's just like my body just developed curves and that's just and like i'm here for my curves and like i'm here for my body and like i'm here for being in the skin i'm in and you know if i want to put on a wig and a beat and like give you you know really 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 something really really fishy then i'll do that but I don't have to do that. All the, I don't want to do that all the time. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when I first realized that I was different, I had no one to talk to me about my feelings. I didn't know mm -hmm. like, oh, if you're a boy who likes boys, this is called gay. I, so for many years, I thought I was a girl stuck inside a boy's body because I had these feelings for guys because... My mother never sat me down and my father never sat me down and said, this is what it's supposed to be like. So for the longest time, I thought I was maybe trapped in the wrong body. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be a girl. But then once you educate yourself and once you meet other gay people, you kind of sort of figure out who you are. How did you figure out who you were in the spotlight? I couldn't imagine doing that. That's what I'm saying. Everything came in waves and came in changes. I also was just like in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm gay. And then I'm just like, but I just have all this like, feminine energy and like people come up to me like oh your energy is so feminine so beautiful and like this and this and i was attracting all these men who weren't gay and like of course like you know by the time i was out or whatever it's weird too by the way i'm telling you it's by the tropes like there are <laughs> men no i didn't i've never experienced anything like this in my life and i think a lot of people say oh no that guy must have been gay i'm like no you don't get it when we go out together at a gay bar not one gay man hits on him. They do. some. They do sometimes. But I'm just saying also it's not something that is like... True or false? You're not cleaning up at a, straight, a, gay, at a gay club. You're cleaning house at a straight club. No. I would say that the men that I usually end up going home with come from, you know, straight, straighter clubs, not gay clubs. Yeah. Yeah. I think if the few guys I've, I have hooked up with at a gay club or whatever probably mostly just want me because I'm me. Yeah. I just want to do the most. Um, but I, I mean, I've gotten, a, I mean, I get hit on all the time when I go there. Like, it's not like, you know, yeah. it's different, but I'm just like, I think people would just be astounded that I'm more comfortable at the straight club and like getting men from there because like, that's how I know. Yeah. That's where I know how to hunt. This bitch is Mufasa. Yeah. She is the Lion King when it comes to the straight club. I'm Sarabi. I'll get. <laughs> I'll, I'll find that zebra, honey. I am so happy we don't like the same kind of men. I'm also very. You always say that too. I'm because because I'd be a worthy opponent. You would be a worthy opponent. You're ultra competitive and you don't give up. I'm very competitive and I don't give up. But you, you. You also hunt very differently than I do, even in wherever you're hunting. Like, your tactics are completely different. Oh, tell me what my tactics are. Well, you're, you know, you have, like, all of this personality. So, like, you don't have a problem, like, going up and just, like, starting conversation and being nice. Like, I always know because, you know, you always, like, giggle a little too much and, like, always touch people's arms and, and do all of those things. You love to do that. Um, what else do you do? But does it work? Sometimes it does. 
you no. always you always walk away with at least a number. I'll give you that. Oh, for sure. I do. But you 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 usually do like the same your game is the same yes. usually. Mine is not. I switch it up usually depending on the man or depending on the situation. Because you're a predator. Because I'm a predator. But <laughs> <laughs> not a sexual predator. No, but the predator. The, the predator. Like I, you know, I have my little <laughs> that comes out of like, you know, my my eyeshadow or something. And I'm just like scanning and reading. But yeah, like that's your, like your MO. Like, you know, you come up, you start having a station and you ask about what they're doing. And so, <laughs> And I'm like, there she goes. <laughs> the one thing in my life that I'm happy that I realized is that when 1.30 hits, there's this point in the night where you turn into Mrs. Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> where you're trying to find this a- the after party and you leave my ass stranded at a table holding that Birkin. And then you say, I'll be... I'll be right back. But I always come back. It's not like I disappear. For an hour? No, no. It usually only takes me 15 to 20 minutes. She comes back to make sure my pulse is still there. And then she leaves my ass again. And then you leave. And then I leave. You. And then you leave me. Um, Something happened that kind of changed your life a little bit. And I just want to touch on it really quickly. Um, You lost a friend. Mm Mm-hmm. How has that changed your outlook on life and what have you learned from it? Oh, it changed everything, you know. Not every aspect of my life uh, changed from that. Um, You know, it's like I've never experienced a loss like that. And and also just because, like, I felt like I was so – my life was so – not perfect, but complete at least. You know, I had friends, I had family, I had, you know, work. I, you know, may not have had like a boyfriend, but like at least I knew, you, you know, loved. I was loved and and whatever. Um, but really to have your the rug kind of like taken away from you and out of your control and there's nothing you can do and it so abruptly, it really forces you to take a look at your life and 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 change. And I honestly think because like, you know, her and I were soulmates and we were so connected that there was really no room to have a boyfriend or a man for me because like I was, you know, I, I had her yeah, and I know that that, what that kind of love and that kind of like soulmate connection felt like because of her. And, um, it just definitely take, you know, really helped me grow up. You know, I needed, I needed that push to say, okay, girl, like it's time to hang up a lot of stuff, not just like, getting out of being a hoe or whatever, but like, you know, the whole going out all the time and, you know, not putting that type of energy onto yourself and like focus on something productive and really figuring out where the direction you're going. Because like, you know, you, you have to really make the change when you want to, you know, rebrand and and do something bigger than yourself. And I, that was the push I needed, unfortunately, even though it completely devastated me and broke my heart. Yeah. But, um, it um, really helped me become, she really has helped me become the person I am today. And like this nuanced person, this nuanced bitch that I'm bringing in 2019 um, is what I've been working on since I lost her. And because I know that, that sh- this is the person that she'd want me to be. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a beautifully tragic moment, you yeah. know, having that. But um you know, I know that I'm going to make us very proud and um, I know that I'm taking the right steps and the right strides in the right direction. And, um, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm growing. And, um, you know, if, you know, it wasn't for the imprint that she left, you know, on me, I don't know where I would be or what I'd be doing. So, yeah. Yeah. What's the one thing that you'll remember the most about her? Because I have a few things. Oh, I mean... I can't. There's just like not one thing. That right? bitch could debate. She could argue like no one else's business. She, um, we were both into debate club. I remember one time, um, and we had you know we'd have competitions. So like you know, all the private schools would like compete like in the debate club. And um, one time, uh, my school hosted the competition, so we were like there on a Saturday like all day, and um, I. You know, like we had like teams, so like sometimes it would you know it was three in this room and then three in that room. But I got a chance to have 
to have a break or whatever. And I went to one of hers and just watched her come for these people's lives. And like, she was so brilliant. And she won. She won. Cause you know, they'd give out like an award for yeah. best debater. And she won that day. She won out of ev- all those other kids. Like she won. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. And she's really the person who taught me how to come for people eloquently. Yes. Yes. I learned from her. I learned every, a lot of things from her. Um, but yeah, she was, you know, the first person that I was comfortable coming out to and like really helped me come into my own skin and was like, you have nothing to be ashamed of. You have nothing to hide. And like, you know, even when I was like, you know, not in the best place with my parents, she was like, you can run away with me. Like I will, you can come live with me and my mom. Like, you know, she'll have you like, you know, she was like always there for me. So like, um, yeah, it was a big, a big, big, I mean, we have had, you know, moments all throughout our entire life because we've known each other since we were born. Um, but I, in the shower sometimes I'll think about a, a joke and I'll just laugh, you know, I'll just laugh and remember it. And, um, sometimes I'll cry a little bit, but mostly I'll laugh. Mostly I laugh when I think about her and of all the, the good, the amazing things and the amazing, um, places we've been, all the crazy experiences we've had with all kinds of people, all kinds of boys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Tell me, what do you see for yourself? And be specific with the universe. Specific? Okay. This year in 2019, I see myself dating someone seriously. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't call him my boyfriend, I will be dating someone seriously. Like, you know, putting my effort in. Um, I will have a role on something, acting, whether it's a movie or a film, whether it's a drama or comedy. Um, I will definitely be doing that. Um, what else? What else will I be doing? I'll be traveling, living my best life, you know? I will also probably try, I also will um, maybe put a business plan in place for some sort of a line or some sort of a, or maybe even write something, yeah. maybe some sort of treatment for a show. I have a lot of ideas on both fronts, so I'd like to get that going i'd like to put that plan in place i'll definitely be acting and i'll definitely be opening myself up to date yeah yeah well thank you for sipping you're my best friend no oh, you're my best friend yay jan and jill jan and jill lord <laughs> help us all all right vanessa what you think I like to hear what white ladies think about these conversations. <laughs> By the way, did you even understand half the conversation? Of course I did. Because we were yes. talking in what I like to call the queen's tongue. I know. I've got, I speak it fluently at this point. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. <laughs> she has one black gay friend and now she speaks the queen's tongue fluently. <laughs> what did you think? It's interesting to hear how you guys became friends. Yeah. You know, and like the journey and now you're like thick as thieves. It's really insane because I think at first it was funny because he was so shy and like he was like new to like the gay life and I was kind of teaching him a few things. Mm -hmm. And now, five years later, I feel like I learn more about him and myself every day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because he just doesn't care. And I a lot of the times I often think to myself, like, what would he do in that situation? You know, because he's Mm -hmm. so bold in who he is and he's so steadfast yeah. in what he believes in and he's so goddamn smart yeah i have never met somebody with a mind like that he's i i love his transformation i mean you really have i think because he was on you know rich kids and he was in the public eye and stuff like that you really have been able to see his transformation and how he's talked about like before he started you know you know dressing and like getting all glammed up and before he lost the weight and like the journey that he's gone through to like yeah. find his true self yeah and like how he is such a glamazon now and so confident and all that i think it was really fascinating to kind of hear that journey yeah um i think you know how he talked about like being an athlete's son but that his dad his family they were like supportive and you know kind of breaking the mold of the expectation of what that should be for sure you know and like you're saying with everything else that's going on right now but i think for sure i have to be honest in this situation i think dwayne wade's reaction has to do with a his wife because i feel like behind every strong man is a strong woman and i feel like a lot of times we think the 
the dad runs the house, but it's really the 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 mother, the woman who sets the tone. Yeah. I think having a supportive partner like that who's going to go on that journey with you made it easier for him. But I also think it made it easier for him that Magic Johnson went on the same journey, almost the same journey, mm-hmm. you know, four or five years before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Magic Johnson was the epitome of heterosexual masculinity. Right. And to have a son go through that so publicly mm-hmm. and being judged from the church side Mm-hmm. And also from the black community and also from the world. Like, it's a lot. Yeah, I know. I can imagine. That's what I was saying. I think it's it's really cool to see, like, how he kind of, like, found himself and how he makes no apologies for who he is. 100. And being a part of his life and seeing the way his family has embraced him mm-hmm. and how they support him, it's just amazing. Yeah. Like, I'll be with him and he'll open a box and his dad will, like, send him a bag. Like I saw yeah. this in Paris, son. Here you go. Like it just, it's just so cute. And yeah, I, you know, I nice. the other day I was DMing back and forth with Gabrielle Union, and you know I was like, thank you so much mm-hmm. for what you've done because I feel like a lot of times we sweep things under the rug, and yeah. it takes people like the Wades to really make change happen. Mm-hmm. And culturally, you know. That's not what black people would do. Right. That's not what heterosexual men would do. Right. And I've grown up in the South and I've seen what happens to people who come out and I've seen how families react. I've seen people become homeless. I've seen people, you know, really turn into a bad life because their parents didn't support them. So to see people publicly support their kids mm-hmm. the way they do is unbelievable. It's sad to think that it still happens in this day and age because you think we're like so progressive, but at the same time, there's a lot of society that's not. Uh, And so anybody that can kind of try to lead the way and show people like this is okay and this is, you can love your children regardless. Yeah. No matter what, for who they are. It's so crazy. Is, is, is hopefully the message is received. There's a crazy thing that I realized on my gay journey. There was a moment when I was younger and I was in my 20s and I realized there was a generation older than me who they were a little bit bitter and they were a little bit mad that my generation was living this sexually, um, I don't want to say explosive life, but we were having fun. We had never lost friends Mm -hmm. in the epidemic. We had not worried about those things. And it was almost like this jealousy. And I, was like why are like why are they so bitter and i started reading books about it and started understanding it more mm-hmm. and in one of the books it said it's going to happen to you when the generation after you is going to have they it have easier. more freedom they have more right. freedom every generation it has it easier right so looking at these kids being able to walk down the street with handbags and skirts and mm-hmm. everything i didn't get to define what my gay was that way my gay was you came out, you moved away from home, you found other gay men who were like you, your parents supported you, but from afar, you mm-hmm. didn't put it in their faces. That's how I grew up. That was my generation's gay. Yeah. You know? Right. And here I am looking at this next generation being like, God damn it, y'all have it easy. And hopefully the next generation before them will have it easier. The point is, is that it shouldn't be an issue at exactly. all. Exactly. It's so funny looking back on it. I remember packing my Honda Accord. I had a two-door Honda Accord. It was silver. I spent all my money buying that car. I was still paying payments on it. And I remember packing my car. I could remember I had a brown duffel that got ruined. I had a suitcase, a red suitcase that my Aunt Liz bought me for graduation. And I remember packing as much as I could in those things and putting trash bags of stuff in the back of my car and fleeing. And the craziest thing is... At 22 years old, I was so fearless about moving somewhere. I was just so happy to be somewhere where I can be around other gay men. Yeah. That it didn't even dawn on me that I was moving across country with $1,000 in my pocket. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. I just, it was like you had to liberate yourself at that point. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I can stay in this town and be myself and live a life where people wouldn't look at me funny. At least I can move to West Hollywood. And be with a bunch of other queens. Yeah. Be free. And be free. Yeah. It's so gnarly. I think this is actually the first time we're going to put the outro in the intro. <laughs> I swear. It was such a good conversation. We're actually going to put the outro in the intro. I think your intro was good too, though. <laughs>
I don't know. I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Like this should go first. Thank you guys for listening, and do not forget to subscribe and rate and review this damn thing. And to see the video of this podcast, you can head over to the E News YouTube channel and click on Just the Sip. Follow me at the Lady Sitter. We're gonna be back with an all new Just the Sip. And also, if you want, you can send your questions in for our new Q and A moment, where That's me and right. White Lady Vanessa help you out. Vanessa, That's tell right. them where they can send that them. is to podcastjustthesip at gmail.com. Podcastjustthesip at gmail.com. And we will answer your questions. Uh, and what's your Instagram, Vanessa? <laughs> I want people to see why Lady Vanessa. That's private. No, let the illusion. No. Let, let the mystery. No, no, bitch. Because you can only be, imagine what people think I look like. If I can't be anonymous, you can't be anonymous either. <laughs> I'm actually going to start posting photos of like the people like involved in the podcast. Like I'm going to show a cute picture of Bill. Um, and I'm going to show a cute picture of Vanessa. I feel like people think I'm like this really old white lady with like... <laughs> Vanessa, you are this really old white I am not that f***ing old. <laughs> <laughs>